The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator this item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Stop the hammering! Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. In Kazakhstan, uh, we say it makes you feel like a real man when you shoot. It's a nice feeling. I yes. enjoy it. It feels good. Your body feels uh, alive, uh, Good, like a proper man. Especially when you're shooting a machine gun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So How many can it's it? It's about 800 kill? rounds per minute. Walla Walla is a good gun. <laughs> <laughs> 800 per minute? Yeah. It means you have a many criminal try to you kill? Yeah. You can just waste them. After I'm done with guns, I always go to the topless club. Walla Walla, I like it very much. Only, to only, shoot um, a gun and to see a big... Uh, and that, and that would, yeah, that really sums it up. This is what a man should do. A man should be able to shoot a gun and enjoy... Look at naked women. Yes. Yes. High five. <laughs> <laughs> Come on through. It's all about to kick your ass, Osama. Walla Walla. You are a real man. High five. Can you buy this gun for self-defense? It's possible. It's not easy to. Can you buy anti-tank gun for self-defense? You can. Good. In Texas. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. Bob. Oh, hi. What am I doing? Is it it's showtime already? Okay, hello. Hi, everybody. <laughs> okay, lots to talk about today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, okay, listen up. We're going to do a huge push for our Patreon page, so get ready, because I'm going to be talking about it a lot. My goal is to bring in enough new subscribers through our Patreon page in order to add a very special Wednesday show. Well, it wouldn't be a very special. It would be every Wednesday. We would just add the Wednesday show. There's nothing special about it. It would just be another show. So strike the special part. If everyone listening right now signed up for just $1 per month, we'd far exceed the goal to bring in a uh, Wednesday show. Also, let's talk about subscribing for $15 a month, our top level. That's just a dollar eighty-eight per show, just a dollar eighty-eight per show. So, in addition to the free Tuesday and Thursday shows, here's what you get: you get two postmortem shows per week, plus the Friday after party every week, and my exclusive reading of the Steel dossier for free. Again, that's for the fifteen-dollar level, and we'll take out all the commercials from the free shows too. But only if you sign up at fifteen dollars a month. Just go to bobseska.com and click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at the top of the page, and please. Go tell all your friends on Facebook and Twitter and just wherever at work and wherever the hell else you see your friends. So go and do that. Thank you in advance for uh, uh, supporting the show through our Patreon page. And for God's sake, go and sign up. It's just at the very least a, a dollar a month. I mean, what harm could that? You won't even notice the dollar a month flying out of your account. Okay, let's, uh, without any further ado, let's do, I get to do this. Jody on the show. That's what we're waiting for. Jody Hamilton's here. I'm gonna talk with Stephanie. Stephanie's not here. No. She is my favorite whore. Mine too. Nothing really grows with Jody on the show. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, Jody Hamilton's here. Jody, hi. Hi, Bob. How are you? Good. It's been way too long. I just love that Rachel Maddow knows who you are. Very vaguely, and it was like, I don't know, <laughs> seven years ago, eight years ago that she knew who I was. But I bet she still reads you. Of course. Yes, of course. Who doesn't? Exactly. You know, and all I need to do now is convince her to sign up at Patreon, and maybe it will be all set. So, uh, thank you for joining me today. Of course, you can hear Jody Hamilton on the Stephanie Miller Show and her From the Bunker podcast found on yep. iTunes. And where else? Where else can you find your podcast? Oh, Jody? Stitcher, Netroots Radio, uh, uh, Indie Media Weekly. We're kind of hoary. <laughs> just like us, just like us yeah. right here. So it's it's a perfect combination. Uh, and of course, we, you know, the trend has been, speaking of Stephanie, for us to just swap bodily fluids with any other show. I mean, that's. Oh, the, yeah, I'm all about that. That's the entire theme of this show. And uh, and of course, Stephanie's show. They, uh, Rocky Mountain Mike lent us this uh, this jingle. So I want to thank Rocky Mountain Mike and, of course, uh, Stephanie Miller at the Stephanie Miller Show for letting us uh, fork the Jody on the show jingle. I really appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, okay, so. Let's dig in, uh, Jody. Lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, just after we ended Tuesday's show, this always happens. This always happens with our uh, podcast that whenever we do a show, there's some big breaking news story that occurs a few seconds. I mean, almost literally a few seconds after we wrap our show. And of course, it happened again on Tuesday with this moron news. Yeah. The, my favorite news story in a long, long time. Not only because we get to ba talk about how one of Trump's cabinet secretaries, I mean, Rex Tillerson, his secretary mm -hmm. of state, referred to him as a fucking moron. Right. Uh, not, again, not just a moron, but a fucking moron. That's the exact news story. Mm -hmm. uh, not only that. I couldn't but, agree with Tillerson more. <laughs> exactly right. Plus, plus Donald Trump on top of all of that stoked the news story, expanding it and extending it longer than it would have because, of course, he sent out Rex Tillerson to deny that he called Trump a moron, uh, which included Rex Tillerson not actually denying that he called Trump a moron. Right. So I, I'm, I'm waiting for the Tillerson resignation. <laughs> That's only a matter of time. But I, from what I understand, though, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves too, too much, but there's evidently a suicide pact among, I think it's Rex Tillerson, I think it's Mad Dog Mattis, and Steve Mnuchin. They've all decided, Jody, that they're going to band together, that if any one of them is fired, then the other two quit. I wouldn't mind Mnuchin going. Yeah. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. Well, I mean, this may be one of the reasons why Mnuchin hasn't been fired for the reasons that Tom Price was fired. Right. And, and this is where we're really going to see where the tensions and the loyalties are inside the Trump administration, uh, knowing that Tom Price was let go for improperly using uh, upwards of a million dollars in, in, uh, in, in government planes and things like that and travel. And, uh, and none of the other administration officials have been uh, shit-canned yet for the same reason. Well, Sarah Huckabee Sanders... Um I know I shouldn't say Huckleby. Um, <clears throat> she was asked that very question today in a news conference, and I was shocked that the reporter was like, but the president wastes this amount of money. Is this, you know, he's setting the standard, and she yeah. avoided it. But I was happy to see a reporter ask that question of the president spending our money going to Mar-a-Lago. And he's like, every weekend he's down there. She's like, not every weekend. And he goes, come on. <laughs> right. He's like, come on. Yeah, he's not down there all the time, but he's down there. God damn it. He's down there enough. And, exactly. you know, of course, what we saw was uh, the usage of, uh, Air Force One for Trump's travels to Bedminster or to Mar-a-Lago mm -hmm. to wherever else, uh, far exceeding the cost of of helping places like Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. So this is this is our president. This is where we are, folks, and it's uh, it's a, a colossal, colossal nightmare every step of the way as we're all living together and experiencing together. And I'm I'm a little concerned, Jody, because I'm starting to see that thing again where some people are getting a little tired and and pulling back. Maybe you know, and I think maybe. Speaking of Rachel Maddow, part of my concern is over the fact that Rachel's numbers have dipped a little bit and Sean Hannity is kind of taking over as number one in that time slot. Mm. And I'm trying to chalk this up. Well, for, first of all, last week being, I think, Hannity's first week on the air. So, of course, he's going to get a ratings bump from that. And this week, uh, Rachel has been in Las Vegas 
Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of her bread and butter, a lot of her ratings come from the fact that she's been uh, relentlessly pursuing the Trump-Russia story. And yeah, I think you're right. With the, of course, with the uh, the Las Vegas story being in the news, uh, people haven't been getting their Trump-Russia fix. So right. maybe, maybe yeah, that's the reason. Once she gets back to New York and gets back to the business of Trump-Russia, I think that'll turn around. Exactly, exactly right. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I want to get back to the uh, the moron story here in a second, but uh, this was this was the actual. This is what happened after Tuesday's show. I got the two news stories confused, which is going to happen. <laughs> There's just so much goddamn news, so much breaking news. I'm actually getting confused as to which news stories have occurred when. I mean, this is literally happening to me. I think it's happening to a lot of people where there are so many things happening that one gets substituted for the other. So the, the actual story, now that I think of it, the actual story that happened after Tuesday's show ended is the paper towels story. Oh, my God. In Puerto Rico, where... Donald Trump doing his best impression of a Morton Joe from the uh, Mad Max Fury Road movie decided yeah. that, yeah, he decided, Jody, that he was going to hurl uh, paper towels at hurricane victims in Puerto Rico. Rick Unger was on uh, sitting in for Tom Hartman this morning, and he yeah. uh, brought up an observation that he's, I was looking at the paper towels themselves being thrown. Yeah. He observed the fact that everybody in that room catching them had been nicely showered, fresh clothes, right. well-dressed, you know, and he goes, these aren't the people that even if they needed the paper towels, didn't need the paper towels. Yeah. He was like, that was a staged audience. He didn't go anywhere near anybody that was actually damaged by this hurricane. And I was like, you know what? Yep. Yep, that's it was right. A really good observation. Obser- and nobody was really talking about that. And I'm like, you know what? He's right. Well, the, uh, the the real MVP, I think, of the Trump administration has got to be whoever's doing the advance work uh, for mm-hmm. Trump. Who was ever, whoever went to, to Puerto Rico the other day, uh, maybe it was Monday, maybe it was over the weekend, and organized uh, the numbers of people and, and the, the types of people mm-hmm. who would get to interact with Trump once he arrived on Tuesday. And, of course, what we're going to see is a lot of Trump supporters, uh, a lot of white people, certainly scouring yes. Puerto Rico for white people to include in this photo off and mm-hmm. and this is how trump operates and of course the same was uh, for las vegas yesterday where he went around to the hospital and of course he's not going to interact with people who don't like him because that's <laughs> how is he going to edit that together with the lee greenwood song for god's right. sake <laughs> yeah I, I have expected trump to go to las vegas and start throwing band-aids at people or something <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately he didn't embarrass us that much but not he did bad. go and you know what this Lee Greenwood song is something that uh, Chez and I would occasionally talk about on the show. This is the dumbest goddamn song in the world, and it's mainly because the chorus makes no sense whatsoever. It's grammatically weird. The, the line goes, and I'm proud to be an American. Mm-hmm. I'm proud to be referencing being an American. And then the next line goes, where at least I know I'm free. Wrong. Uh-huh. Where doesn't have anything to do with being an being, American. Right. Where has something to do with with being in America? So if the right. song went, I'm proud to be in America, where at least I know I'm free. That's what it should be, but it's actually it actually goes, and I'm proud to be an American, where at least and and of course I'm I'm being stupid and nitpicky here, but that's I like that. We hit peak Lee Greenwood. Like right after 9-11. I thought, okay, oh, after yeah. 9-11, they can't use this song anymore because it was getting played over and over again on the radio. We saw it on cable news. We saw it in TV specials about 9-11. It was just, it was that song and it was God Bless America were the two songs that were happening for months after mm-hmm. 9-11. In fact, I, I shot a, uh, an independent movie uh, after 9-11 uh, throughout 2002 and a little bit into 2003 and it was supposed to be a mock documentary. I say supposed to be. I don't know how well it achieved this goal. But it was a, it was a comedy. It was a mock documentary, sort of in the style of the Christopher Guest movies. And, mm-hmm. it, and it was all about the knee-jerk patriotism that arose after 9-11. The movie was called The War Effort. We packaged it to be about the beginning of the war in Afghanistan, because we couldn't really say it was about the reaction to 9-11. At the right. time, we never would have been able to secure any locations. We wouldn't have been able to secure any support because it was still you know, forbidden to 
to joke or say anything that was untoward about about 9/11 or the react and our movie was of course about the reaction to 9/11 not the event itself. Right. And so it was all about remember all the everyone had flags on their cars and everything. Oh, yeah. It almost became a competition as to who could symbolize their patriotism more vigorously. Mm-hmm. And and how this dovetails with the Lee Greenwood song is we actually did a parody of the Lee Greenwood song as sort of the main song in the movie. And it was called, <laughs> the song was called Thumbs Up to the USA. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, and it was great. And we got, uh, who do we get to sing? Mark Slaughter from the band Slaughter. No way, that's so cool. Sang the lead vocals on our song. It was so great. And he did I such- I bet he was great on that. He did an amazing job. And I'm kicking myself for not having that, that song available. But whenever I hear the Lee Greenwood song, I'm proud to be an American, or whatever the fuck it's called. I always, I always go back to uh, 2001, 2002, when again they should have retired that goddamn song. But now every time Trump goes and does something, Jody, he's got to have his White House staff put together a video montage of him. He had that same kind of weird cabinet meeting set up, saying, "Hey, Governor, tell everybody what you told me and how great I am." And and the the Air Force person that he referred to as a Coast Guard person, yeah, tell me how wonderful I am. And it's like. <laughs> That's right. Oh my God! You just—we've got to, Okay, we've got to stop right there. Okay. I'll let you continue your thought after we take a second to acknowledge the Air Force Coast Guard thing. Yes. yes. Uh, okay. So, so Trump is—is is, uh, this is in Puerto Rico, right? Mm-hmm, yes. Uh, and this is from the official White House transcript. Lest you believe this is fake news. This is mm-hmm. this actually happened. Trump is standing there with a bunch of officials, and he says, "A lot of people got to see the real Coast Guard during this incredible trouble." He referred to the double hurricane hit on Puerto Rico and the recovery effort and humanitarian effort as incredible trouble. It starts with T, and that's, you know, it starts with T, trouble does. (laughs) Again, right. I go back to my observation that all of the Trumps, and this includes Donald Trump, this includes his, his boys, especially Eric Trump and Ivanka, and, and the people who surround him, they're like space aliens trying to imitate human behavior, yes. but never quite getting it right. Uh, uh, yeah. And this is, the, this is another where he uses the phrase incredible. Tr- who says incredible trouble to refer to the aftermath of a hurricane? I've never heard anything like that before. OK, so he said, and a lot of people got to see the real Coast Guard during this incredible trouble. Would you, and he goes, turns to the official, would you like to say something on behalf of your men and women? And the person next to him says, sir, I'm representing the Air Force. And Trump says, uh, n- no, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> oh, Magoo. Oh, Magoo. Oh, Magoo. Oh, Magoo. You done it again. <laughs> and then he starts talking about the F-135 or whatever, the aircraft. It's like, what are you talking about? He's such an idiot. He is so out to lunch. This is, this is our president throwing paper towels at hurricane victims as if this is fun. Like, like I'm reading his tweets, Jody, and I'm looking at them and I'm going, he shouldn't be this delighted by exactly going to Las Vegas, going to Puerto Rico. I understand the idea of bucking people up and cheering them up and say, hey, things aren't so bad. You know, look on the bright side of life. But that's not really his job. His job is to console and to help and to heal the wounds caused by something like Las Vegas or something like uh, the, the dual hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico. But instead, he just seems like he's having a, a party. This is great fun for him. I So wonderful to be here in Las Vegas where more than 50 people were annihilated by a madman and hundreds, hundreds more wounded uh, and their lives affected. But, oh, it's so great that I'm here. Isn't it wonderful? It's the most tremendous visit. I think he told somebody in Puerto Rico the other day, have a nice, have a good time. <laughs> yeah, have a good time. I was like, what are you talking? This is a guy who had a, his phone working finally and just got a shower for the first time in two weeks. And, <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's good to meet you. Good to meet you. Have a good time. Have a good it's time. Like, have, <laughs> have, have a fun time storming the castle. What is that? Right. He, I don't even. It's, you're, you're right. He's an alien. <laughs> right. He doesn't understand human behavior. He doesn't. He has no empathy. That's obvious. Right. It was like sort um, of, you know, Jody, we grew up with a lot of uh, movies in the early and, and mid-1980s about uh, boys who go to these, like, wealthy boarding 
uh, schools mm-hmm. like these mm-hmm. uh, like Ivy League prep schools and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and we get to look in and observe how that kind of group, the 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 moneyed people who you know just have. They go back 200 years of wealthy people and they've got trust funds and then they uh, they get to go to these fancy colleges and, and prep schools and they just live in a world that I think most of us don't quite understand where it, it, it generates a CEO mentality. And by that, I mean, CEOs of really powerful companies have this glitch in their head where they're able to shut off their humanity in order to make corporate decisions where they're not thinking about the humans involved or the human impact. All they're thinking about is satisfying their uh, board and satisfying their investors. And so therefore they can make decisions that will cause cancer clusters or wiping out some endangered species somewhere or causing some sort of environmental calamity. These are decisions that, that they don't really think about the human side of things. And I'm wondering Obviously, I think Trump has got that times a gazillion. Yeah. Where he just doesn't, he doesn't really care. This is all about his own PR. This is about burnishing his own uh, reputation and, and making him feel personally good about himself as much as he possibly can, even though he's kind of incapable of doing that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and, and this, that was the case so much in Puerto Rico, certainly in Las Vegas, where it was really all about, I mean, his entire visit to Puerto Rico was all about saying, this is not my Katrina. I mean, everything, exactly. everything he said was geared toward making that point well and then also having um said that you know you're you're really throwing my budget out of whack <laughs> yes oh of course there was that whole thing where, where they the round table with the other officials and so on just completely completely and totally tone deaf from that mm-hmm. all the way back to it's big surrounded by big water there's lots of and water and little fishies should, and turtles that bite me. Well, he it, 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 and him going, what, only 16 people? You should be really happy about that. No, and literally 24 hours later, they doubled the death toll, and it's going to go up. If it doesn't hit 1,000, I'd be surprised. Yeah, again, it's like, uh, we've done an incredible job in terms of loss of life. We've done so, mean? the very tremendous job when it comes to loss of life. And of course, he doesn't realize, uh, as I said on a, a Tuesday show, that uh, that of course... It's it's a slow motion death mm-hmm. toll that it's going to keep rising as they mm-hmm. they do more search and rescue as they deal with disease and all sorts mm-hmm. of things that happen when infrastructure just entirely collapses and uh, ongoing problems with getting clean water and people drinking mm-hmm. out of filthy creeks and so on. God only knows the horrendousness that's going to continue. And it's sort of like, Jody, you know, uh, Donald Trump again was tweeting today about how great the economy is doing, obviously taking a victory lap about the economy, not realizing, and it's the same dynamic as talking about, oh, it was only 16 deaths. He's taking ownership of these things, but he doesn't realize he's taking ownership of these things. He's taking ownership of uh, the death toll in Puerto Rico, bragging Mm -hmm. about how it's only 16 people. And he's taking a victory lap and taking ownership of the fact that the economy continues to do well after Barack Obama endeavored to do it without the support of a Republican Congress. Mm -hmm. And so... uh, Right now, it's okay for him to do it, but at some point, hopefully not too severely, the economy is going to take a downward turn. Yeah, And because he's taken ownership, he's going to have to take responsibility for the fact that the economy has taken a downward turn. And that's when he'll blame Obama. Obama! That's when he'll blame the Democrats. He'll never take full accountability, even though he should deserve it. Because I mean, this is one of the reasons why presidents don't enter office and then immediately take credit for the economy. It's still too early. They don't know what's going to come down the pike and they could get slapped with some sort of horrible recession or downturn that they're going to be blamed for. And people will blame Donald Trump, whether he accepts responsibility or not. Well, I mean, and also the fact of the matter is it's not his economy. It is Obama's economy still because no new budget has been passed yet. Yeah, that's right. At least not fully. As we know, the house barely passed their horrific budget today yep and now it'll go to the senate and hopefully be killed yep and as we were saying about that as we kind of hinted 
The, uh, Ron Johnson is planning to include, an Ob- he's got it all set to go, an Obamacare repeal amendment that he's going to shoehorn into this goddamn budget. Uh, Topher Spiro was reporting on this on Twitter. He said here, the budget already allows uh, Medicaid cuts and elimination mm-hmm. of the individual mandate to pay for tax cuts for the rich with 51 votes. Again, uh, Topher's going out of his way to underscore that this amendment can go through Mm-hmm. with just 51 votes yep. within the reconciliation rules. He mm-hmm. also adds here the Johnson Amendment allows for waivers of essential benefits and pre-existing yeah. conditions to pay for tax cuts for the rich, again, with 51 votes. Yeah, Anthem just announced that they're pulling out of covered California and several counties in California. They're not oh, pulling God. out of all of the whole state, but yeah. like L.A. County, they'll probably keep San Francisco, you know, because they're big populations. Mm-hmm. But um, they're pulling out of smaller counties because literally they wrote in the letter, we're unsure of what the federal government's going to do. Yeah, yeah. And that's happening a lot. Uh, that's happening all across the country. It's just the and un- that's a big company. It's not a teeny tiny little company. I mean, I'm a member, but I, I, don't, I don't get it through the exchange. Oh, right, right, right. See, so I- I'll still get my insurance, but it's good. my insurance is going to go up. I, I know it right now way more than the you know 20% it went up last year. Yeah, and see, I actually do get my insurance through the California exchange. You should be okay where you are. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter whether I get it through the exchange because I don't get any subsidies or anything like that. So Mm -hmm. I could actually go directly through my insurer, uh, which is a big uh, nationwide or almost practically nationwide nonprofit uh, health insurance or HMO. What I noticed even with Cover California, which is fantastic compared to a lot of other exchanges, um, was some doctors weren't using, for some strange reason... The networks were smaller, right? Right. Um, and and I don't quite understand if Anthem Blue Cross is offering in the exchange. Why aren't they offering the same doctors out of in and out of the exchange so that these doctors can get more patients? I never, I don't understand that, but I'm not an insurance person, so yeah, yeah, it makes no sense to me. It seems like they're limiting their customer base if if their doctor isn't going to take it from the exchange. Yeah, yeah. God, I wish Jackie Schechner was here. <laughs> I do, too. Answer the question. I don't know. Quick, get her on the bat phone. Well, I tell you what, there's the, one last, one final thought on Puerto Rico for now. And, and mm-hmm. obviously the news is ongoing there, so we may eventually come back to it in subsequent shows. But one thing I'm going to be doing from this point forward, and I still haven't quite figured out the full logistics of this, but I'm going to be tracking real estate purchases in yes. Por- Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and certainly in Florida and Texas, looking to see if a little family business called the Trump Organization decides to go in as vultures and pick up a bunch of distressed properties. The Kushners, the Trumps, uh, it wouldn't put it past any of them. Oh, absolutely. Steve Mnuchin is another one. Mm-hmm. I mean, any, mm-hmm. of these, any of these guys who uh, just don't care. I mean, again, we go back to that CEO glitch where they don't care. They just go in and buy up properties at pennies on the dollar because they've been annihilated by hurricanes and then they'll go and they'll put you know one another one of trump's stupid goddamn uh, golf courses there or something by the way there's a rocky mountain mike was circulating a photoshop uh, one of the best photoshops i think in reaction to the hurricanes that i've seen yet which is donald trump teeing off with his uh <laughs> His white golf pants and everything uh-huh. right in the middle of hurricane disaster scenery. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like there's a, <laughs> a collapsed house and there's debris everywhere. And there's Trump right in the middle teeing off with his golf clubs. I think that's that's that basically says it all. If I actually start reporting on this, which I hope to do uh, mm-hmm. with regarding the uh, 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 real estate purchases, I definitely am definitely going to be using that picture. It's a good for, picture. For a lot of things. So uh, we'll wait and see on that. Well, with him going to Vegas, what's interesting is he has a hotel in Vegas, but he doesn't have a gambling license to have a casino there. Oh, really? Yeah, his hotel doesn't have a casino in Vegas. <laughs> the o- Probably the only hotel that ha- doesn't Pretty have a much, casino yeah. in all of Vegas. Motels have, uh, you know, slot machines. Slot machines, he, of course. He, yeah, he, he, Trump Hotel in Vegas does not have uh, a gambling <laughs> license. Now they might have uh, sold it, and he just has his name on it because it was him that th- couldn't get the gambling. They make you go through all sorts of stuff. A friend of mine tried to get that years oh, yeah. ago. It's an FBI background check. It's major, major uh, hoops you got to go through to basically prove that you're not a mobster. Oh yeah, right, right. And in fact, that's the first thing I flashed on when you started talking about gambling licenses. I was thinking mm-hmm. of that 
one of those early scenes in Godfather Part Two where mm-hmm. Michael's trying to get the uh, get the casino in, in Vegas, and then he's trying to grease the uh, the senator, and the senator's playing hardball, and yada yada yada. Uh, mm-hmm. The senator ends up in a hotel room with a dead prostitute. So. It happens. And by the way, I yada yada yadded to the uh, dead to the dead prostitute. Thank yada, you very yada, much. Yada yada yada. Yeah, that's okay. So <laughs> so okay. Back to back to Moron Gate, which is uh, again yes. one of my favorite stories. There's a, nothing like, and, I, and we've seen this more and more often, where I believe Trump's people are forming an alliance to maintain some form of cohesion in the executive branch despite the farting clown in the Oval Office who is just, you know, like, almost like a, just the, like, uh, uh, what's the little boy? The little boy in a league of their own who r- runs around in the bus with chocolate all over his face. Stillwell. Stillwell is the name of the boy in a league of their own. And, and basically, Trump is Stillwell. And everyone else are the adults in the room. So we're just going to let Stillwell run around and beat his face against the wall and and eat mud while we're going to be over here doing all the grown up work. And that just that seems like the case. And especially when we hear about this suicide pact between Tillerson, Mattis and Mnuchin, where not Kelly. No, not Kelly. In fact, there, there is a rumor going around right now. And it is. I underscore rumor that Kelly is looking at resigning. So there may be that coming up uh, around the pike with the, the loss of, uh, of General Kelly. But here's this story. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, uh, Jim Mattis, the Defense Secretary, and uh, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin reportedly have forged a suicide pact in which all three members of President Trump's cabinet would leave if one of them becomes the target of the president. So this is all about uh, backstopping each other in case Trump does something stupid, but they, they already are aware of his penchant to do that. So it's like they know at some point he's going to do something stupid. Hence, <laughs> Tillerson referring to him as a fucking moron. Uh, and that's just, that's so revealing that his own people are basically telegraphing to the world that we understand that the president has has leanings toward doing some doing lots of lots of stupid things. <laughs> well, so. I just I, I imagining him at the White House like after he's, you know, ended his day because he's, you know, Twitter between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. cuz he certainly doesn't work like other presidents have. Yeah. Um like throughout the day and evening, he doesn't do that. Uh there's no doubt in my mind. Does he play tiddlywinks or <laughs> tiddlywinks? Like, you know, like jacks maybe, but they got to be safe jacks, not the old school metal jacks. Yeah, they had to take those away. Something. I mean, they yeah. they won't even let him take the cork off his fork to, <laughs> to prevent him from hurting himself and others. Uh, he's got to eat his applesauce with the cork on the fork, which is always an event every time he's got people over for dinner. Uh, okay, that's on that note. We got to talk about uh, Elysium Health, brand new sponsor on the show. Listen up, folks. If you're like me, you like to take care of yourself. I, I try to. I try to take my multivitamin every day and take some additional supplements to keep myself healthy as I advance through my <coughs> mid to late 40s. <laughs> how the hell am I 46? That can't be possible. Anyway. I'm 50. Yeah. How the hell are we this old, Jody? What hey, the hell Michael is going Kelly's- on? Michael Kelly's adorable daughter last night said to me, and I quote, you don't look 50. That's right. You were at uh, your mom's 50th Thanks. anniversary show yeah, last night. I was. I, we'll talk about it after your commercial. Sounds great. You got to pay for this show. But if you're like me, in addition to exercise, you take nutritional supplements to keep you healthy. But are the supplements you take based in science? Or are they just another passing fad? People take supplements for every aspect of health and every part of the body. But are you taking anything for your cells? Your health begins with the cells that make up your body, and a company called Elysium is on the cutting edge of this brand new category in healthcare, which is a product called Basis. Remember this word, Basis. I've started talking about Basis, and I'm excited about investing in my cellular health. I'm really impressed by the science behind it, by the way. A doctor who's uh, led 10 years of aging research at MIT worked with researchers at Harvard, Yale, and Oxford to create Basis, a daily supplement to support long-term health. Their mission to use science to help people live healthier and longer. 
As we age, we begin to lose cellular coenzyme we need for energy, for maintaining our DNA, for maintaining our circadian rhythm, and for hundreds of biological functions. Basis boosts your level of this coenzyme. You can read more about it in uh, Scientific American, Wired, and the MIT Tech Review. Right now, Elysium is giving my listeners their first month of Basis for free. Go to try-basis.com slash B-O-B-C and take control of your health and to live healthier for longer. Use my code B-O-B-C and choose their 6 or 12 month subscription to bring Basis right to your door with a single payment. Do what I did. Go to Basis.com slash B-O-B-C. Again, that's TryBasis.com slash B-O-B-C and get your first month for absolutely free. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our Thursday show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Jody Hamilton is here. Love and, that song. Uh, yeah, yeah, so you had a uh, not too terribly late night. <laughs> for me, it was. <laughs> I was just—I was really hoping for like some some Chez style tales of ribaldry <laughs> and alcohol and partying and celebrities, but you, you were like there was you, alcohol, but. Well, you were in before like eleven o'clock, which is like we were, we were home about eleven thirty, I think, something like that. And so it was the event was. Uh, my mom's uh, uh, taped last night the fiftieth anniversary of the Carol Burnett show. Oh, that's so great! And it was lovely. And um, uh, Jim Carrey's on it. Bill Hader, Maya Rudolph, uh, Amy Poehler, Kevin Spacey, Harry Connick Jr. Oh, who am I forgetting? Steve Lawrence, um, uh, Bernadette Peters, Christian Chenoweth, uh, Kaylee Cuoco, Tracy Ellis Ross, and this, I forget her last name, Beth. She's on Two Broke Girls. She's the blonde. Oh, right, um, and, right. Oh, and Jay Leno. It's, oh, great. Oh, and Jay Martin Le- Short. Oh, <laughs> uh, Martin Short's a genius. Yeah, right. So this was uh, what, like a uh, sketch show. Is that what they did? And, it was and- basically, it was a clip show. Yeah. Um, And then uh, there was... Uh, singing segment with um, Bernadette, Kristen, my mom, Steve Lawrence, and Kevin Spacey. (laughs) And uh, what what was great was when I got to meet Harry Connick Jr. because he came out and did my mom's theme song with her. Oh, that's so awesome. And... um, so they do it, and then I, when I met him, I said, you know, my dad wrote that. And he looked at me and goes, you know what? When I got the sheet music and I started playing, he goes, that is the most amazing piece of music, the harmonics in it, and how he got that to work. He's like, I am so impressed. And that's the... Yeah. That song, yeah. right? Okay. That wow. song. Yeah, Gosh. dad wrote that for my mom, you know, 50 years ago. And um, so to hear that from Harry Connick Jr. going, I have never seen a piece of music that works like that with such difficult things in it. Back in the day, they really took a lot of effort. Right now, you just get a production library or you get uh, music loops and you put together your own music from some uh, uh, catalog somewhere. But I mean, they used to go through all kinds of lengths to do the music and the costumes and all those things for for shows that, I mean, this is like pre-2000, pre-internet, so there was a lot of money still being invested in, in television and certainly network television. And mm-hmm. and hence you get shows like the the Carol Burnett show, which you know the likes of which well, it's rare that we'll see that ever again. Well, it was you know I mean and but my dad was a songwriter and a singer, so that did help. But yeah. um, in fact, Frank Sinatra wanted to record one of his songs, but Dad did not want to give up his publishing. Oh my God, that's so cool! Right, that's um, smart, really smart. Uh, because yeah, Sinatra got 100 percent of publishing of every song he did. Yeah, exactly. The exactly. writer kept their writer's side, but he got the publishing, well, it's, it's which a, was smart on Sinatra's part. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a big deal in television too, because every time the show airs, there's a check that gets cut to whoever uh, whoever created the song. I mean, it was just it was exactly. Just, well, congratulations to your mom on her yeah. 50th anniversary, and I it's can't a, wait. It's when a really it, it's a it's going to be on December 3rd, um, which is a Sunday. And it's it's a really it's a lovely show. They did a lovely tribute to Harvey, um, and his kids were there, and and uh, like I, all these people that I've known since I was really little were there. Yeah. Um, some I've seen over time, you know, but a lot of them I hadn't seen in a while. And and yeah, you know, I saw Ken Berry. I got to meet Christopher Guest. Um, oh, that's uh, so cool. 
Yeah, he was just in the audience hanging out. Um, <laughs> was, and, he there with uh, ja- was Jamie Lee Curtis there with him? She was not there. Ah, maybe she she's she's doing the new Halloween movie right now. She may that's be shooting true. That, she's yeah. probably filming. And you know, Maya Rudolph was there, and Paul, her uh, boyfriend, um, Paul Anderson, the director. Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's her. my my favorite director. In fact, <laughs> well, I've known Paul since we were little because um, his dad worked on my mom's show. Um, uh, and so he, uh, he wasn't there and I said, where is he? She goes, he's in England. I'm going to rub his nose in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. She's a lovely lady. If you ever get a chance to meet Maya Rudolph, I, and Kevin Spacey, so sweet. Yeah. Everybody, everybody I met last night that I didn't already know was just so lovely. (laughs) Exactly. Well, speaking of television, the, one of the big news stories of the day is the, uh, uh, former apprentice producer, Bill Pruitt is now saying mm-hmm. that the uh, the Trump tapes that he has are unfathomable... Un- well, let's try this again. Un- That's a hard word. Unfathomably despicable. I think oh, the actual word on, is un- unfathomably. I think that's the actual I think word. That's but it. There you go. But he said unfathomably despicable, <laughs> and of course, this is producing calls to release the tapes. I mean, not yeah. since right, not since the PP tape have we wanted to see video more than this. The former Apprentice producer Bill Pruitt revealed this week that President Donald Trump has been recorded saying. Oh, he did say unfathomably despicable and racist things. So sorry for my correction, Bill. Uh, (laughs) During his time on the show, following last week's leaked Access Hollywood tapes in which Trump brags about sexually assaulting women, Pruitt suggested in a tweet that Trump was on tape saying far worse things. Wrong. Newsweek reported that Pruitt disclosed additional details about Trump's time in the show while speaking to NPR's embedded podcast last week. Quote, we recorded constantly. We went into the boardroom to set up discussions about who uh, and how people should get fired on the show about talking uh, without talking and saying directly who got fired. So there was a big, long exchange, all of which was recorded. Pruitt explained to NPR out of those exchanges came some really unfathomably despicable words said by this guy who is a TV star. I heard it, I watched it, and those things are somewhere in some warehouse. So he doesn't have the goddamn tapes, but get us the goddamn tapes. Yeah, somebody somebody at NBC has to have it. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this, Jody, I think before the election. Yeah, we were. I mean, after the Access Hollywood tapes came out, there were rumors flying all around social media that The Apprentice had uh, additional tapes of Trump potentially saying the N-word and some other awfully horrible things that we can certainly all imagine Trump saying, but Mm -hmm. which we could have had the extra benefit of having a tape of uh, and probably would have benefited from that uh, with regard Mm -hmm. to the results of the election. Uh, In addition to remarks about women, Pruitt said that uh, Trump made remarks that were very much a racist issue directed at African-Americans, Jewish groups, and other minorities. Wow. Uh, He said, quote, when you heard these things, there's the audible gasp that is quickly followed by a cough. Then you just sort of carry on, he recalled. Pruitt also lamented that a cultural icon emerged because we weren't necessarily truthful about our portrayal. So they be, what he'd be basically saying there is that uh, the Trump that you saw on The Apprentice is not anywhere near close to being the actual Trump, which I think right. we all know. I mean, the in fact, I read a, a, an interview with, uh, 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 oh, shit, I can't remember his name. You like this whole new swearing Bob Seska show, don't you? When I need to, yes, abs- absolutely. So uh, Daryl Hammond is the, the name I'm trying to remember. Yes. Daryl Hammond's Trump. The criticism of Daryl Hammond's Trump, uh, according to Lauren Michaels and some of the writers on SNL, was too much of the apprentice sanitized version of Trump, like the TV uh-huh. Trump, whereas they wanted someone to do Trump on SNL that was more biting and and hardcore, so that's why they brought in Alec Baldwin and they talked to some other people about doing Trump. But ultimately, they settled on on Alec Baldwin, and it and it destroyed Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond could not get over that for a good long time, and it almost I think it sent him into some sort of downward spiral of depression or something that he was he was wow. picked uh, or it was overlooked uh, in lieu of uh, of uh, Alec Baldwin. So uh, right, so there's there's that story, and again. We all sit on the edge of our seats waiting for some production assistant somewhere uh, to uh, dig his or her way into the archives and pull out those goddamn tapes and leak them on YouTube or something. 
Come on, somebody at Iron Mountain has them. Yeah, send them to Rachel Maddow or send yeah. them to Robert Costa or, to, or Tom Hamburger at the New York at, Times. Yeah, Shep Smith at Fox. He'll play it. Yeah, for God's sake. Play it on Fox. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the big breakdown here, Jody, is that all this stuff that we're talking about regarding Russia and Trump and, and all of these uh, horrible things that Trump is engaged in, whether it's Puerto Rico or uh, tweets or what have you, it's not getting through to the, the Fox News people. No, it's not. And, and it's sad. And especially now, some of this Trump Russia news, the Steele dossier is now part of uh, Mueller's investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, my reading of the Steele dossier is available for $1 at my Bandcamp page and is available for everyone who subscribed at $1 or more at our Patreon page. Thank you very much. I love uh, that you did that. <laughs> I was just trying to work in a plug. Uh, so we've got this, uh, this investigation that continues on and we're getting closer and closer to uh, potentially seeing indi- indictments here. Uh, and not only is Mueller's investigation pursuing the Steele dossier, trying to unravel how that all came together, but, uh, the Senate intelligence committee kind of, they said they, uh, yesterday in a, in a press conference with, uh, chairman Burr and, uh, Senator Mark Warner, they announced that they were pursuing the Steele dossier and they got up to a certain point duplicating the research in the dossier but it ended at a certain date where the trail went kind of cold. So they got a bunch of verification up Mm. to a certain point in time, and that's where everything has kind of stopped. I think partly because, as as the the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, Richard Burr, said, they couldn't get Christopher Steele in to testify. Uh, They've tried, but they can't seem to lasso him in. Uh, I wish he would testify. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd be terrified if I were him to get on a plane right now, but, I mean, I I wish he would testify. Yeah, I mean, was it, I forget which committee actually heard from the the CEO of Fusion GPS, which is the company that I believe. Wasn't that the Senate committee? I thought it was. Was it the Senate? It it may have been. I think so. I'm not sure which it was, but they certainly investigate had. Investigaterussia.org would know. Yes, go to investigaterussia.org, uh, Editor-in-Chief Jackie Shecken, and uh, <laughs> you will find uh, everything you need to know about the Trump-Russia investigation. So, uh, so there's that, uh, and of course, as I, was, uh, as I was hinting, the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee updated the press yesterday on the, uh, the Trump-Russia investigation. I, I got to say again about Richard Burr, this guy's got balls of iron. I mean, mm-hmm. as a Republican... He is one of the few Republicans right now in Congress who are putting nation over party. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump can't be enjoying what Richard Burr is up to. And I'm sure Richard Burr has on more than one occasion heard from someone in the White House regarding what he's doing. Although I'm surprised that Donald Trump hasn't started tweeting about Burr yet because, I mean, not only uh, did they confirm that Russia actually attacked us and continues to attack us. I mean, that was absolutely confirmed in the uh, in the press conference yesterday. But uh, let's see what else. Uh, on top of that, they did confirm that that Russia attempted to hack election systems in mm-hmm. around 21 states. That including was con- California, including California. Uh, we also learned that the committee uh, hasn't closed the case on collusion yet, which, I mean, the real legal term should be conspiracy. Yeah, that's the proper term. But the commonly used term at this point is still collusion. So they did announce, and this is, again, coming out of a Republican's mouth in the press Mm -hmm. conference yesterday. Senator Richard Burr said, we haven't closed the case on collusion. Says who? (laughs) So uh, Burr said, the issue of collusion is still open. We continue to investigate both intelligence and witnesses. And we're not in a position where we will come up with any type of temporary finding on that until we've completed the process. So I still believe that regardless of what we hear about uh, on collusion or conspiracy, Trump is going to get slapped with obstruction of justice. There is very, he has to. Very little doubt in my mind. I think that that is going to be the thing that takes him down uh, where... I, I don't know if they're going to make their way all the way to Trump with regard to uh, conspiracy, but though certainly Donald Trump Jr. better be shitting his pants right about now mm-hmm. because I believe that he's going to get hit with uh, with indictments regarding the uh, the conspiracy and all of this, and as I believe that Jared Kushner will too because mm-hmm. I think we're going to find out that Jared Kushner had to do with a lot of this uh, targeting on social media uh, with propaganda and so forth. And uh, I mean, that, I mean, that was one of the things that we learned yesterday. This is a huge bombshell report 
uh, from Ari Melber on MSNBC mm-hmm. talking to uh, Senator Jeff Merkley, uh, confirming that Russians targeted Michigan and, Wis- Michigan and Wisconsin with anti-Hillary propaganda. Here's that. Yep. Uh, here's that scene. Here's that uh, that segment from. Uh, MSNBC yesterday afternoon. Uh, we now know, uh, thanks to information released today, that uh, that very carefully crafted targeting was done in Michigan and in Wisconsin. Michigan, which had a, a vote difference of 10,000 votes, Wisconsin, 22,000 yep. votes, in both cases less than 1%. And how did this sophisticated targeting occur? Who provided the insight to Russia on how to target these Are you these saying, ads? Senator, are you saying that the circumstantial evidence suggests they would have needed American expertise to do that? Yes, that is certainly the likely uh, result. Uh, they had uh, their ads targeted uh, in the concept of uh, attacking issues related to race. Uh, certainly they were engaged in other strategies so you're uh, saying, related to religion. Senator, you're, you're saying the open question is which Americans, we talk a lot about which campaign, you're saying it looks like some Americans helped the Russians and the bigger question is just whether they were affiliated with Donald Trump or not. Yes, I'm saying it's very likely. Wow. That's very likely, and uh, we need to get to the bottom wow. of uh, who was in, in, involved here. And said- that's it right there. Yeah. That's there you it. Go. I think that's where we're going to see the conspiracy. I think that if there's any place where the conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia occurs, I think it's going to be right there. I think it's going to be all about coordinating where to hit. Uh, people with this propaganda that that occurred online and social media on Facebook, Twitter, etc., and, uh, and to me, that's the that's the entire ball game. Because not only are we seeing conspiracy there, but as you heard Jeff Merkley say in that clip, we're talking now about changing the outcome of the election. Yep. 10,000 vote margin in Michigan. As he said, 22,000 vote margin in Wisconsin. All you needed to do was flip a certain number of people to target mm-hmm. them with anti-Hillary propaganda enough mm-hmm. to change their minds before they go into the voting booth. And mm-hmm. I think anyone who said after the election that the Russia attack didn't alter the outcome of the election will have to apologize at some point. And it won't always be a scandalous sort of apology, but it will be, oh, you know what? They really did. We're sorry. We uh, we, we didn't have all the information at the time, but now we do. And now that's that information is leading us to believe that Russia absolutely altered the outcome of the election. And all you got to do, Jody, is look at. Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, those three mm-hmm. big time outliers where there was no way whatsoever that that Trump was winning those states on his own. They were just so biz- it was so bizarre that he won those states when George W. Bush didn't win those states. Uh, no Republican has won those states since George H.W. Bush. I mean, it's well, and the thing is, is even because everybody was giving Nate Silver grief because of those three states yeah. flipping, and he's like, they were within the margin of error, right? And so that's why they targeted those states because the margin of error was slim enough to flip them. Yes, exactly right, exactly right. But I mean, then what? What overtook that margin of error? I believe was. The Russian interference, with which no, no one factors that in. I'm sure Nate Silver didn't factor Russian interference and propaganda. He wouldn't have thought to have, have worried about that. Gerrymandering <laughs> also had a lot to do with it. Oh, voter yeah. suppression. I mean, there was a combination of factors that that went into those three states doing what they did, and and Russia certainly exacerbated those problems. All right, let's take one last break. We'll wrap up the show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. 
Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Thank you, Buzz. Welcome back to our uh, Thursday show. It's Thursday, right? Yes, it is Thursday. Last night I was like uh, just walking around going, is it? it's only Wednesday? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? It, it really, Wednesday felt like Friday, sorry. Day transference, that's okay. Yeah, it happens a lot these days. It's just the ongoing tennis ball machine of madness that is uh, assaulting us and uh, wearing down our resolve, but I think uh, yeah. I, I think we're still doing okay. I think it's okay for some people to to take a little breather and then make sure to come back though. Yeah, we all when need. We need to. We, Lonnie and I go canoeing. Yeah, so, there you go. Good idea. Uh, you know, just kind of step back. You know. Oh, by the way, I know Ches would have liked this. I I worked on a movie with Robert Romanus from uh, Fast Times recently. Oh no way! You did a project with Damone. I did. Holy hell. Really what's, nice. what's he been up to these days? Well, the thing that we're doing is called Genesis, and um, it's a lesbian uh, sci-fi comedy movie. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> a <laughs> I get to play a gay sci-fi. ninja. It's got my three favorite things, uh, comedy, sci-fi, and lesbians. Exactly. Um, I, I'm one of the gays, um, and I play this ninja kind of girl. <laughs> wow. Um, and, and ninjas. Uh-huh. Ninjas too. Okay, I get to sh- I get to shoot people. <laughs> that's so cool, and and shooting people. I well, that's not one of my favorite things, but of course, it's not they're... one of my favorite things. But uh, it, it, it and he was so sweet and and wonderful and and fantastic. And I just I I, I still have my Ches Pazienza thing from his service. It stares at me every day, <laughs> and so, uh, so I know that that he would have really loved that because I know how much he loves Fast Times. Yes, yes, exactly right. I, I would have wanted to uh, reenact the scene in uh, Derwiner Schnitzel, <laughs> where he comes in and has to bring uh, Rat his wallet. During the date, yes. Yes. and then and then starts flirting with uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, and then one thing leads to another, and yada 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 yada. Three seconds go by, and then that's, that's you it. dick. Anyway, those of you who've seen the movie know what I mean by three seconds. Exactly. Uh, okay, so for, two former CIA chiefs say that Russia needed help targeting U.S. voters. And yes, we, we know this, but it's great to get uh, confirmation from experts uh, because, uh, you know, it's obvious that Russia needed some sort of coordination on the ground here to know exactly where to send. It's like any sort of uh, client relationship where if you're hiring someone to do something for you, you have to tell them what you want to have done. It seems right. like, right, it's like a no-brainer. It's like, so, okay, we need you to... Uh, target specific areas with propaganda. Here's where we want you to target. And obviously, before the election, we saw Trump hinting about places like Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania and suggesting that maybe he could win those states, but no one else was showing him winning at all. In fact, if you look at the polls from Wisconsin, for example, at no point in the lead up to the election was Donald Trump ever winning in Wisconsin by right by any uh, poll or any measure. There was just no way that Donald Trump was going to somehow win Wisconsin uh, based on the numbers going in. And whenever we have this big a disparity between what the polls are saying and what the eventual outcome is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a lot of cases, this could be just an error in the polling, but in most cases yet you, you have to kind of, I mean, despite the outcome of of the 2016 election, you still have to genuflect before the awesome math of Nate Silver. Mm -hmm. And I think the I think Nate Silver was accurate. But as we said before the break, he wasn't factoring in Russia into his algorithm. So therefore, he's going to miss these things because there was no way of predicting that uh, or no way of knowing uh, the extent of the interference, the extent of the attack. Uh, at that point, uh, with the same information that we have now. Yeah, I mean, he could factor in the Comey letter. Yep, yep, exactly. That, and he did, and that's what brought the, the margins so close. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, he, he, nobody was thinking that. Nobody, it, it was, it, that's movie time. That's not reality. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so this story about the CIA, of course, we've got uh, Michael Hayden, who said uh, it is not intuitively obvious that they, they could have done this themselves. Uh, Mike Morell, who spent his career at the CIA, including a stint as acting director of the agency, said in a separate interview that Russia either needed someone to help give it information on micro-targeting or stole the necessary information, such as through hacking. So mm-hmm. there is another outside possibility that 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 there were ha- hackings going on, or I don't know what you say. Was that the proper plural of hacking? Hackings. 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 I, I guess. don't know. It doesn't sound know. right. They do not have the analytic capability to do that themselves, Morell said. So you know what I think of when I think of this is uh, in the 2008 and 2012 campaigns. Barack Obama's team was able to target their campaign message down to the precinct level. They had all the demographics lined up. Uh, and from what I heard from sources inside the Hillary Clinton campaign last year, they were doing something similar. So this information is available to the campaigns. They know they have the demographic math put together, combining poll numbers, combining census data and combining voter trends. And they mash that all up with uh, math, and then they have a pretty good sense in terms of where they need to hit, where mm-hmm. they need to focus their message on. And, you know, it, it's a no-brainer that if they're working with Russia on some level, and don't forget that Jared Kushner was engaged in the the digital strategy for the Trump campaign. Mm-hmm. And we know that Jared Kushner is ass deep in, in Russia collusion, uh, whether it's uh, real estate investments or, or money changing hands or what have you. So tr- so Jared Kushner is is involved with the whole plot. And so Jared Kushner is probably pass along, passing along some of this data down to, as I said, down to the precinct levels. Like, okay, you target this precinct in Michigan, that precinct in Wisconsin, that those precincts in Pennsylvania. And if we can flip those precincts, we can actually win those states. And what did we hear after the election? I'll never forget. I think it was Steve Kornacki on MSNBC going through all the the districts and the precincts in Michigan that went for Obama, Obama mm-hmm. in 2012, and which flipped to Donald Trump in 2016 somehow. That, that makes no sense to me. It, it really doesn't because that... That move from Obama, well, you are going to find people anecdotally who probably did make that switch. As a voting trend, it seems extremely unlikely that you would Mm -hmm. vote for the first African-American president and then turn around and vote for the uh, first just... You first moron president. Exactly. <laughs> right. In, in the immortal words of Rex Tillerson. Yeah. I mean, you go from voting for the smartest president that we've had in recent memory to the most idiotic, ridiculous president that we've had in, in mm-hmm. modern history. And that's quite a leap for someone who maybe wasn't hit with all kinds of propaganda convincing him or her to do that. And uh, and actually, the, the pronoun probably should be more him than her <laughs> because mm-hmm. there's so yeah. many... So well, it is men. amazing, though, that married women voted for Trump more than single women. And uh, being an old married lady now, yeah. um, I'm not one of them. <laughs> I just don't. I don't get that move. I don't get women voting for Donald Trump, especially after the Same Access here. Hollywood video. Same and here. Knowing I, how he thinks. You know, I guess I guess people can just divorce themselves from this, the utter lack of morality or decency or what have you that that guy mm-hmm. uh that that guy possesses so anyway so uh one last thing before we wrap up trump thinks the uh, senate intelligence committee should investigate the news media yeah i just saw that his reaction to the whole uh, press conference yesterday and the obviously fake news that uh, republican I, this, richard burr was talking about <laughs> yeah i tweeted back at at trump the other day going um when we catch you with a recording of you talking and then report that out to the airwaves, that is not fake. That is you <laughs> actually on that tape. Yes. You actually did this. You didn't, we're not making it. It's not Photoshopped. Nobody has some weird iPhone app going and making things look like they aren't. Yeah. Um, dude, this is you saying and doing these things and they are accurately showing us. Yeah. Yeah, here's his tweet from this morning, Jody. I think this is the one you responded to. He said, why isn't the Senate Intel Committee looking into the fake news networks in our country, our is all caps, 
to see why so much of our news media is just made up. Fake, all caps, exclamation mark. And did, of course, did you the, see Adam Schiff's re- response to that? No, I didn't. What did he say? I believe it was that tweet. He goes, I don't think you know it means what you think it means. <laughs> right. Because the Senate Intelligence Committee has nothing to do in, with investigating the domestic news media. That just right. is not part of its mission. It's uh, Plus, it's the news. It's covered. That, that, that amendment before the one he likes. Yeah, right, right, right. That would be completely... The news un- is... The government doing this, I mean, it's up to us, unfortunately, to... Yeah parse that out and of course um, if, if he wants if he really wants to investigate the news media all he has to do is order uh jeff sessions to appoint a special prosecutor and, mm-hmm. and there he goes but he's not going to do that because of course he's going to look like an ass and and we see that perfectly illustrated in the fact that uh sarah huckabee sanders uh, crosby stills and nash was <laughs> asked about this uh, tweet today in the press room uh, she and her response was no. Sanders quietly said, when asked if uh, Senate Intelligence Committee should investigate the news media, her response was no. So once again, we have the White House staff contradicting the president. This dovetails so nicely with the fact that we've got cabinet secretaries who have threatened to or who have actually formed a suicide pack and threatened to quit if one of them is fired or Trump starts attacking them on Twitter or what have you. Uh, this is, you know, I think there's a lot of talk on the far right, certainly the Alex Jones far right, about a deep state conspiracy or a deep state coup to oust Donald Trump. You know, yes. if they, if they want to look at anything, Jody, they need to start looking at Trump's own people. Absolutely. Because I think it's Trump's own people who are the ones that are telegraphing j- just so such flagrant opposition to their own commander in chief. Mm-hmm. They're ju- they've just decided we're going to do our own thing now. And we will express loyalty to the president publicly to save face. But we are going to proceed acting like the adults in the room while still well uh you know, shoots his BB gun at passersby or whatever. You know, this is this is just well, yeah, what Trump t- does. Well, he was attacking Tillerson for wanting to have domestic uh, uh, diplomatic relations with North Korea, <laughs> and he's saying no, that's not a good idea. Excuse me. Yeah. No wonder Tillerson wants out. Yeah, he's. By the way, he's just going to kill us all when it comes to this North Korea thing. I, he I, could very easily. I, I wish I had better news about that. Uh, so anyway, I'm in LA. It'll be fast. So as I said at the top of the show, we're really pushing Patreon right now, people. Okay, here's what we got to do: more subscribers, and I've added the extra feature where uh, uh, before we lost Ches, we were talking about adding shows five days a week. And what I want to do now is I want to push toward that goal. But I instead of just suddenly going five days a week, I want to add shows incrementally. So if we reach our next goal, we'll add a Wednesday show. But what we need to do is pick up a lot of lost territory. Uh, we need to start getting some new uh, $15 a month dis- subscribers. And remember what you get for that $15 a month. First of all, it's only $1.88 per show. Everyone can afford that, right? And uh, for that $15 a month, you get uh, the after party, you get post-mortem shows, you get the steel dossier reading, and you get uh, a commercial-free version of this show where I just take out all the commercials and you don't have to listen to any of that crap. And you can just hear the entire show uninterrupted. So, and, and that, you know, you just say, well, what's the difference between 10, the $10 a month level and the $15 a month level? It's that extra $5 gets you the uh, commercials wiped out of the show. And so I think that $5 divided by 12 shows a month, I think that's a good deal. All right, Jody Hamilton, uh, it's great having you on the show. Can you stick around for the postmortem show? Of course I can. All right. You can hear Jody Hamilton on the Stephanie Miller Show. And don't, don't forget to subscribe to her podcast. It's called From the Bunker. Find it on iTunes. Take care, folks. Bye-bye.